0: in alone in a whole place. Mm-hmm. A shadow mm-hmm. of that worked mm-hmm. So... shout Go on and scream it from the mountain Go on and tell it to the masses That He is God.
1: Welcome again to Missionville Christian Church. Really glad that you're here. We are back in a series called Ready or Not through the book of 1 Thessalonians. We're in chapter five, and we're gonna to get to verses one through 11 in just a moment. But before we do that, I just wanna just give a big shout out to all of you at MVCC family who invited friends and family members and just neighbors around you, co-workers. There were a lot of people here on Easter, and I know there were a lot of people that were touched with the love of God and most of all, the good news of Jesus Christ. So we're really grateful for those who came. I want to ask that you just pray for all those that were with us, that they might return to MVCC, and we might have opportunity to just bring them into a close relationship with God. And even if they don't come back on the next Sunday, you know, there might be a time in their life they're really having some, some trouble or hardship, and they're going to remember this place, and they're going to remember you. And so um, I know that our desire here is to be a reflection of who God is, and I just want to say that you did that well, and I am just so excited about what God is going to bring through the remainder of the year. All right, we are in, oh, and we had 19 people who made a commitment to Jesus Christ in baptism on Easter Sunday. It was awesome. Our entire uh, pastoral staff had the privilege of just baptizing people, and it it was just a moment in time where you stand back and say, God, you are working, and we're just so glad to be a part of what you're doing, God. So, Great day. We're looking forward to many more souls uh, who are going to be one to Jesus Christ. Hey, we are in the fifth chapter. If you have a moment, you might want to just turn there. We're going to read verses one through 11. But before we get to that text, I just want to set the stage for this fifth chapter, uh, being that we had a special message on Easter. We're picking it back up here in this uh, series called Ready or Not. Ready or Not basically means we want to be ready for the second coming of Christ, not just our soul. Uh, being ready by being in relationship with Jesus, but we also want to be ready in how we live. Every day matters and every single moment counts for God and his glory and for the good news. So um, when Jesus was on the earth, before he was uh, ascended into heaven, he had 40 days with his 12 men, his disciples, and um, he had basically imparted, imparted to them Um, their marching orders if you will he gave them the command i want you to go and share the gospel with all of creation and i'm sure in a lot of those discussions jesus was encouraging them he was commanding them to go he was also um, empowering them through the holy spirit power and um, i just i just think there probably was a moment when jesus had them in a captive audience in a really intense moment and he said look you guys are it you've seen me do the work of the ministry, you've seen the miracles, you've seen how I've treated people, you saw that it was all about glorifying the Father and how I went to the cross and suffered and died, and now I have risen again and I'm with you always to the very end of the age. You guys are it. I empower you now to go. And one of those cities that the gospel spread out to over the next uh, years was through the apostle Paul being touched with the love of God, and that was the city of Thessalonica. This particular letter was written to this amazing city that had everything going for them but one thing, and that was a lack of God. So when God sent Paul into the city, he went right to work. He loved the people. He he saw an opportunity to share the gospel with many, and so he did, and a church started. He was only there for three weeks, but so much happened in those three weeks, and the gospel was just like spreading crazy good like wildfire from house to house people to people the city was being turned upside down with the good news of God out of all that this was a first generation church they had a lot of questions and this particular uh, set of verses are going to answer the question that they were asking Um, chapter four was about what happens when we die? What happens to those who've accepted Christ and those that have already gone on, passed on, they physically died, where are they now? We, uh, the Bible answered that question. And then now the simple question that they're asking is, when is Jesus coming back? We really want to see Jesus. We want to be with him. So when's he coming? And so this is not necessarily a theological, doctrinal dissertation. This was written to comfort the people, to give them the peace and assurance of knowing That Jesus is returning. There is an order of events that happens, and we'll talk about that. But he wanted them to know without the shadow of a doubt there are basically two groups of people there are believers and unbelievers. And we certainly, those of us who have come into faith in Jesus Christ, we do not want to forget those who are unbelievers and just simply lost. So it's with that, I want to read the text, and then we'll just um, get right into it. Now, brothers and sisters, Paul writes to this great church on fire, first generational Christians. About times and dates we do not need to write to you. For you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. Right here he's just saying, look, remember that I taught you these things. Jesus Christ is coming. I can't give you any specific dates. I can't give you the time of his return because I don't know. Only the Father knows in heaven. And then he goes on to say, but you remember that it's like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. Now I want you to just notice a couple things here. The pronouns um, are talking about people who are unbelievers, who have not yet accepted Christ, or who are in rebellion against God. The day of the Lord will come like a thief. He's very specific here about the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord phrase is representative of a reference of those who have rejected Christ. It's mentioned 19 times in the Old Testament four times in the New Testament, three times the day of the Lord or the day of vengeance is used interchangeably there. 1 Peter 3.10 says, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. I want to say again, the day of the Lord is the day of destruction, the wrath of God, the judgment day. That is promised in the Bible. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 6 through 10 says this God is just, He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you and give relief to you who are troubled and to us as well. This will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven in blazing fire with his powerful angels. He will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with an everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. And on that day, he comes to be glorified in his body, people, and to be marveled at among all those who have believed. This includes you because you believed our testimony to you. So God is really crystal clear here about one day there will be the wrath of God. There will be a judgment day. And we certainly don't want anyone to be in that camp. So verses 4 through 11, we'll pick it up here and then we'll, uh, we'll just dissect this a little bit. Now he shifts here to the pronoun. He's speaking to the believers by using uh, the word you. So, but you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night. Those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober. Put on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with Him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. So basically, Paul is laying out crystal clear that you who are believers you are followers of Christ you do not have to worry about the day of the Lord the day of destruction the judgment day because Romans 8 1 says therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus I just want to reiterate once again the end of the days and the order of those events it's really important that as followers of Christ we know what is going to uh, happen in the future and how God is going to roll that out so again, I want to say, um, it's really important, there's two objectives here in this quick message. One is, I want you to know and understand the end of days. And secondly, I want you to know what are we to do about that. So let's just talk about the end of days. The Bible is crystal clear on the order of events and I just I just think it's so important that if you are a Christ follower, we need to know, What's going to happen in the future? Because there's a lot of people out there who are asking questions, who are wondering a lot of things, and we certainly have been privileged to have uh, uh, the end of days laid out for us. So the Bible talks about peace and safety. There will be a so-called peace and safety before the day of the Lord will happen. There will be an anti-world leader who's going to come, the Antichrist, he will come for a three-and-a-half-year period, appearing to solve all the world's problems, whether they be economic, whether they be racial tension, whether they be spiritual problems. Um, he's going to appear to be able to solve all these world problems. He's also going to uh, uh, bring a temporary peace plan, a treaty with Israel, appearing to rebuild the temple And then he will renege on that treaty this is all coming from the book of daniel and the book of revelation and the book of matthew in chapter 24. there will be a three and a half years where he will then the second three and a half years of that seven year period where he will demand a total allegiance to himself he will appear and deceive people thinking that uh, wanting people to believe that he is now god then the rapture of the church will happen. We will be raptured out of here. The second coming will happen, the reign of Christ, and then we are heaven bound. So the Bible's really clear about the order of events. We certainly don't know the dates of those things, but he did give us, Jesus did give us, signs of the times of his coming. So I'm going to run through really quick some signs of the times and give you a Bible reference if you have a pen, piece of paper, your phone. I really want to encourage you to take some notes here because this is really important stuff that we understand the signs of the times and when Christ is coming. So there's going to be a worldwide rebellion against God. That is one of the signs that the rapture is getting close, the Antichrist will come, and the second coming will happen. That is taken out of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3. There will also be false teachers that will arise. That's Daniel 7, verse 8. Nations will gather together in battle. That's from Joel, Old Testament chapter 3, verses 2 through 11. There will be wonders in the sky. That comes from Joel chapter 2, verse 30. The gospel will be preached to the entire world. Matthew chapter 24. Famines, earthquakes, rumors, and wars will be pronounced. The man of lawlessness will then be revealed. That's according to Daniel chapter 9, verse 27. But the good news is, and I want to say again, is believers will not face the day of destruction. We will not face the day of the Lord. Remember, that's about Judgment Day. And thank God we pass through that through the grace and the mercy. And because of the cross of Christ and His resurrection, our sins are paid for. And we don't have to stand before God to give an account for our sins they've already been paid and washed away for by the blood of jesus now getting to that that's the good news so there are two camps of people believers and unbelievers as we've just gone through the end of days and we've walked through now the signs of his coming i hope there's something stirring inside of you that this text brings out the fact that now hopefully we're thinking about our loved ones who don't know christ and the day of destruction that will happen if they reject the lord So hopefully this is stirring something within us that we want them to know Christ. We want them to have the assurance of knowing that they're going to be in heaven. We don't want them to be there on the day of the Lord and to experience the wrath of God. So Jesus taught us these principles. In John chapter 8 verse 12, if you're taking some notes, this is a great verse. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of light. And then he says in Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 and 16, you are now the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp or put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Why are we bringing these verses into this text? Because in this analogy that that the the apostle Paul is writing he's basically making a contrast of light and darkness Um, evil deeds are done in dark Um, before I was walking with Jesus I was walking in darkness now that I'm walking with the Lord I have the privilege you have the privilege of walking in the light so now Jesus says I am the light of the world and now you if you are a Christ follower you are the light of the world so now what are we to do with all this is it just good information that, okay, now I know the order of events, I know the end of days, and I know that if I'm a Christian, I, I, I pass through the judgment without being um, destroyed by God. No, that's not it. It's about compassionately understanding and moving myself to action for those who are away from Christ. So there's very specific commands here in verse 8 in this text we just read in 1 Thessalonians 5. He says, Be alert. I want you to be awake, I want you to be aware, and I want you to put on faith, hope, and love as an armor. What is the reason for that? Because we are in a war against the enemy. The enemy wants to snatch as many souls as he can away from Christ. The one desire he has is to hurt God. And if he can take as many souls away from God, that would be his desire. So now we are in a spiritual war, and we must not allow... The, the, the darkness to have its agenda in our life, in our church, and certainly in our society. So, here's some questions I have for us. Am I living out this light that Jesus Christ has put in my life? Are we doing that? I I personally think that a lot of the problems that we have in America, a lot of the reasons that we are in a state that we, we are in is not necessarily because of those who are walking in the dark. I think we as a people of God have not been called to be the light of the world. We have not been walking in the light and therefore the people in darkness can't see the light. So this is a wake up call for all of us to get it in gear. We know the wrath of God is coming. We know that there's the end of days. We know the signs of the times. And so it should move me to action. I want it to move you to action of living in the light for those that are in darkness. So here's some questions I have for myself and for anyone listening or watching this right now via internet. Am I eagerly awaiting the coming of Christ? Am I eagerly awaiting the coming of Christ? Am I living with a sense of urgency every day to live as the light of Christ? Am I in community with others, just as the 12 friends of Jesus were? And the last question, most important one, I think, is are you ready? Is your soul ready to meet God? So just some action here, action points that that I'm trying to follow as I read this text. One is, wake up. Pastor Mike, wake up, Mike. Wake up, church. Wake up, believers. That there are people in darkness all around us. I I think what we tend to do is when we receive Christ, we're so filled with joy. We are saved. We are so glad that Jesus is changing us. And we kind of distance ourselves from the world because, you know, we don't want to do the things that we used to do. And so we really kind of move away from those that are trapped in the darkness. Where I am a firm believer to follow the ways of Christ. And part of being Uh, awakened in the spirit is to follow Jesus's example. Jesus lived with those who were in the darkness to shine his light. Jesus hung out with tax collectors and sinners. He hung out with those that were disobedient. He hung out with those who rejected him. He hung out with people that were in trouble. He hung out with people that were entangled in all kinds of sins and problems and, and wickedness and deception. He hung out with them because he wanted them to see the light. And I think that's exactly where we should be. So it's not just being awakened, it's doing something about that. And I think the first step is be with those who are in the dark. The light is way more powerful than the darkness. And so I want to encourage you, be with them. Don't, you know, it doesn't mean that we have to participate in the the stuff that we used to, but we certainly want to be with them. Second is we want to watch our life. Easy to remember these this morning because we certainly, um, want to do what Jesus called us to do, and that is to wake up, and secondly, to watch our life. What kind of involvement am I involved in that might diminish the light of Jesus Christ in my life? I've really got to be careful about this. I I want us as a church to really re-examine ourselves, and that means the decisions that I'm making, where I'm going, what I'm thinking, what I'm doing. I I want to make sure it's as simple, simple as this, is I'm, I'm, I'm following the light of Jesus as he called me to be the light and doing what Jesus would do and going where Jesus would go to the hurting and lost people to let them see the light of Christ. Hebrews 9, 27 says this, says it is appointed for a man to die once and then face the judgment of God. And one day every person will have to face God. Here's the question. Do I really care about that? Do I care and love for the people People that are around me that are just simply lost or in rebellion against God. My my hope is to be like, in closing, here, the author of this amazing letter, the Apostle Paul, who stood in the face of opposition constantly in his life, yet he was never intimidated. He was always willing to portray the light of Christ. When they said, Hey man, Paul, we're gonna kill you, he said, That's okay, to die is gain. Well, Paul, we're gonna let you go. Well, that's cool, because I'm gonna keep sharing the gospel of Christ. Well, Paul, you know what? We're going to make you suffer. Well, that's okay because that means I get greater reward in heaven. That's, that's the way I want us to live. And I hope this has been encouraging for you. If you are not ready, absolutely sure you can be ready by receiving Christ into your life now. And I want to give you that opportunity to do that. And it's simply saying a prayer like this, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life. I give you my life. I believe in you. I receive you. And now I want to follow you. I believe that you died on a cross and rose again, and I believe that you're coming back. I'm sorry, God, for the sins that I've committed against you. I ask that you would forgive me. I receive you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, if you made that prayer, that is the best prayer of your life. I just want to say here at MVCC, we are here to help you. You can um, click on the website, and there's a, a pathway to follow where we'd like to help you with your first steps. If you're ever in the area, we would love for you to join us at a service. It's every Sunday at 10 a.m. We would love to see you here. We're just going to keep going through First and Second Thessalonians. And uh, if you like this or if it's helpful for you, I want to encourage you to share this or pass this on to somebody. God bless you, and I hope that we'll see you again next week here at NVCC.